BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land, Hammer here. And on this episode of BeastNet, we are talking with Melissa Joyelle. All right, so Melissa, let's uh, jump right into it. Um, just kind of give cool. us a little rundown of who you are and what kind of got you into this. All right. Well, it's actually, it is a long story of how I got into it. But so I am, I've been involved in OCR for about three years now. And I uh, started with, um, I was just, I was a runner, just casually, you know, I did half marathons here or there. And I just kind of ran for fun on the weekends. Um, I was into downhill mountain biking and I helped with women's bike camps and, you know, I was mostly into that. But then um, in, uh, it was six years ago, a couple of weeks ago, that I uh, had a major crash while biking and um, I fractured the my S1. I it was basically shattered my low, in my low back and my pelvis and tore all the cartilage in my hip and but the thing was, they didn't realize how badly I was injured at the time and made me walk out. Um, a couple of weeks later, they oh, wow. finally found all the damage. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it, I, I had, I worked in, so a bit about me is I work in rehabilitation. I've worked in the insurance industry for uh, 15 years now. And I mostly, I work with people with disabilities and I help them in their recovery. So I guess I, I knew what was going on with me, even though the doctors didn't. So I kind of took things easy and finally got the answers I needed. And yeah, um, so it was, it took a long time to recover just because of some of the delays in getting diagnosis. But again, I knew what I was doing. So I was able to help myself get better a little faster. But that being <clears throat> said, the doctor told me I should not run anymore. And at the time I was only really a casual runner. And so I was like, oh, whatever. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, well, no, I, I like running, though. <laughs> you know, it wasn't yeah. something that had mattered to me before. And so I guess I was like, well, I need to run. So I just started running 5Ks or whatever. And then a couple. Yeah. Um, so it just, yeah, it, I, I didn't realize it was important to me until I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, that's kind of how things go. Yeah, it sounds kind of like one of those things where it's like, um, you know, you, you didn't really realize how much you needed it until you couldn't have it. Um, you know, kind of exactly. like, um, you know, my, my daughter, she's, you know, she's coming up on three years old and, um, you know, you, you, she could care less about, you know, anything really, um, you know, if she, if she has no interest in it, then fine whatsoever but the second like you change something up by like you know moving something or, or taking that away from like her you know familiar environment then it's like all of a sudden she's like no i need that you know and and so it's like yeah it's like um i don't know it's almost instinctive i think that you know we have this like innate desire to you know um i guess fight for the things that we I guess we, I, I, it's more like, I guess, kind of like an entitlement thing, I guess. Um, you know, we feel, um, you know, something as simple as, as running, you know, you get injured and you're like, no, I'm, I'm entitled to that running. I want to run now. 
You know, I didn't want to do it so much before. Like I kind of thought of it as like a bad breakup, like a boyfriend that I didn't really like. You know, I hated him, but then (laughs) I didn't have him anymore, so I really wanted him back. (laughs) That's kind of how I felt about running, really. (laughs) It's like that boyfriend that you, oh, you just can't let it go, even though you hate him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gladly I don't have boy problems. Uh, not yet, anyway. Um, I'm sure. That, I'm sure that in you know in about uh, let's see, maybe nine or so years. Once my daughter's about twelve or so, she'll well, hopefully not any earlier than that. She'll be getting interested in boys <laughs> and whatever she's interested in and who whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah, you're gonna. And at the time of uh, my at the time of my injury, the uh, I was dating somebody. Actually, we had just gotten engaged. Uh, yeah, we had just gotten engaged and we're planning our wedding. And so our wedding vows included uh, in bike crashes and in health. So. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, you know, I mean, you, you yeah, got to laugh at so. it, I guess. Well, exactly. It. And they, we were, I was able to walk down the aisle, which was something that we weren't entirely sure was possible for a bit. So, yeah, it was great. So that, we had to have the bike crash. That's truly part. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's, um, well, that's like my wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was, was going to say it's, it's like my wife. Uh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry, there's a delay. Sorry about that. Um, no, no, no. It's it's all right. Yeah, the delay. The delay is like it's super crazy. <laughs> um, but no. So it's like um, you know, I'm a I'm a big music nerd, and um, my well, at least when it comes to like. 80s music and uh, and 90s music and and my wife she she really knows that and so when we got married she had to include um, in her vows she actually had to include um, never gonna give you up um, by Rick Astley and that <laughs> yes was, I love that it was song. awesome because I totally I totally didn't even expect it and she she got about two lines into it and then I realized what she was saying and I just I erupted with like, you know, super loud laughter. I have this really huge laugh that she absolutely loves, and um, and it did. It was it was awesome, and you know, and that's that's actually really cool that you know you were able to, you know, take that and and actually use it um, in a positive light. And I, I really enjoy hearing you know that people can overcome, um, you know, all these different. Um, you know, difficulties or injuries and stuff like that. It is, it really kind of, um, it's, it's really motivational, especially for me. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to be, um, I tend to get into this like headspace sometimes where I'm just like, Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I don't really want to do this and, you know, things are uncomfortable. And then, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of times that I do push through and then there's a lot of times um, where I find myself almost quitting. And then there's a few times where I actually do just, you know, give up. And, you know, it's, it's those times after I kind of get through that, that I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad I really stuck through that. And, and, you know, it really, really was worth it. And, um, you know, even something as small as, you know, coming back from an injury and including it in your, your, your marriage vows, that's actually, to me, even like I said, something as small as that is just is really motivational because it shows that you can kind of like rise above the the difficulties and you know be a better you know better person and be a better you 
than you normally expect to be. Well, and that's, I guess that's been my, my thing all along, especially through OCR was I did, I do, I don't any, I'm still struggle with it. We always are going to, but I've had a problem with quitting or wanting to quit or giving up or, you know, not really thinking I was trying my hardest, but not really. And, yeah. and that has been a big struggle for me, even coming back from the injury. It took me years and I mean, I got it and then I ended up in OCR again. I wanted to run, but the doctor said not running more than eight kilometers. And one thing about me, anyone who knows me will know, I can argue about anything. I can find a point <laughs> and I will stick to it. And I will argue it. Even whether or not I actually agree with that side, I can argue anything. I should have been a lawyer. I just didn't want to deal with the school, but I should have been. But so I'm good at finding loopholes. And so the doctor said I should never run more than eight kilometers. And I had a friend who made me, uh, well, not made me, convinced me to do Mutterella a couple of years ago. And to do it, I signed up, uh, I signed up for Rugged Maniac a bit before that just to try it out. And I loved it. Um, but the, my thing was, well, okay, I'm not supposed to run more than eight kilometers. But Mutterella is about 10 kilometers. This is an old race that uh, I think it was put on by Tough Mutter. Um, but they haven't done it. I did it in, it was exactly three years ago, two weeks ago, that I saw it come up on Facebook. And so that was my first race. Um, and, but it's like, well, it's 10 kilometers. And my doctor says I can't run more than eight. So, but wait a minute, I'm actually not running more than one or two kilometers between an obstacle. So technically I'm not running more than one or two kilometers at a time. So I am sticking with my doctor's thing because then I'll be crawling or climbing. I'm not running that straight. <laughs> And that has been my, so, and, you know, then I did a Spartan. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a sprint because it's short. And I was like, well, maybe I should try a super. Oh, but it's over. Wait, no, I'm only running a couple. I'm not running more than one or two kilometers. And I've carried that over to the beast. And now I'm thinking about doing an ultra. But again, it's, I'm not running more than two kilometers at a time at the most. I think the most I've ever run between an obstacle is two and a half or three kilometers. So it's, you know, so, but, and then, but with that, like, I still do struggle. And then it's the sh like wanting to quit a lot of the time, you know, I, I'm on yeah. an obstacle and I'll just kind of give up. And that has been a problem for me. So like something will start to hurt because even though I can do it, I still have, I, I'm recovered, but I still hurt. I still have, I still have a disc herniation in my back. That my feet are generally numb when I'm running, and I have all that stuff. And I, it's how do I actually make myself get through? And that's where I'm struggling, actually. And I think everyone does. Like you said, it's that pushing yeah. through. You have an injury, you recover, but using that mental toughness. And I don't necessarily always have that. Yeah, so. you know, and that's that's something that I struggle with too. And you know, and it's, um, you know, this, um, you know, we talked about earlier um, the. Seattle Super, um, mm -hmm. you know that that was something that I really struggled with. Um, it wasn't so much necessarily the the physical, um, you know, portions of it for me. It was to me it was the temperature, and um, I had never really experienced anything quite that cold before. Um, you know, and that that race really really pushed me because mile four I was ready to give up. You know, and I, I know people who've listened to this story before, you know, they're hearing it again. They're probably like, oh, God, here it comes again. But 
you know, that, that race probably took the most out of me, um, that I've ever really given to any one race. Um, you know, I, I just did the, the Seattle beast and I, I still think the super was tougher than the beast. Like the beast was tough. Like there was a I lot agree. of really, hard no, it took me longer and... to do the super than the beast. <laughs> it did. I, <laughs> it definitely was tough. I, yeah. I, my beast time is faster than my super time for that course. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And actually when I look back at it, I think, um, you know, when I look back at it now, I think my beast time was actually right around the same time as my super time, which is just ridiculous to me. And it, it, it goes to show that, you know, the temperature plays this huge, huge part in it. Um, for me, at least, so, um, I know so what got you through it. What was, what was your motivator? You said mile four, you struggled. So what got you through it? Because that's, again, I'm trying, I'm always looking for more strategies to get through those tough times when you're not really, I mean, I have some now, but I'd love to hear yours. Um, so what really actually got me through that was um, I had paced back and forth for about, and, and honestly, you're going to probably think this is really silly. And for me, I think it is. Um, but I paced back and forth um, right around mile four. It was like an eight foot, I think it was an eight foot um, wall. That that was the mm -hmm. obstacle where I had really was like, you know what, I'm, I don't know. Because I, I couldn't move my hands. I, I couldn't feel anything from my elbows down to my fingers. My knees to my toes, I couldn't feel anything. Everything was basically numb. And I'm like, I'm shaking from, you know, just being so cold. And I think I walked, I paced probably a good mile just back and forth. And the volunteer keeps asking me, are you good? Are you, are you okay? And in my head, I was like, I really want to tell this, you know, this volunteer, like, call the cart over here and just wheel me off to the tent so I can get one of those blankets. And in my head, I was like, you know, this, I really, I'm over halfway done. Like I'm over halfway completed with this race. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to move to stay warm and I've put on one extra mile just in pacing. And I'm like, if I would have just stayed on course for that mile, I would pretty much almost be done. And I, you know, and I started just kind of like, you know, agonizing in my head. Okay. Do I turn around and go back to the volunteer or do I just turn around you know, and go back on course? And, you know, I, I basically span or just, I spun circles for, you know, probably a good 25 minutes. And then I'd had enough. And I was like, you know what? I'm headed over to the volunteer. And right when I got to the volunteer, I started to say, hey, call the cart and I'm done. And somebody else came up to the volunteer and was like, I can't continue. I need you to call the cart. And for some reason that clicked with me. And I was like, that was like, they're literally doing what I was just picturing in my head. And I was like, I don't want that to be me. Mm -hmm. And I just, I turned around and I got back on course and I was like, okay, I'll keep going. I know that, I know that Mike's going to catch up to me. Um, usually I run with, you know, pretty Mike and, and, um, his friend, mm -hmm. his best friend, Don, who happens to remember be my brother-in-law. Um, okay. so we, um, I was like, okay, if I keep on course, I know they'll catch up. Um, and so I stayed on course and kind of, went through the, um, you know, twists and turns in that big field and around the tree and all that. And, 
they they finally caught up right when I was doing my burpees for Bender, and because um, there's there was no way I was even attempting um, Bender because right if your muscles are tight, yeah, it's hard. Oh yeah, if your arms aren't working, and getting so, over that top is really tricky. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm not even gonna attempt this one. Um, I'll just do the burpees, and so I'm you know finishing up i've got about i don't know maybe 10 burpees left and i out of the corner of my eye i see them approaching bender and i'm like yes yes i have company because you know like you you like to run with a team and um and i don't i'm not really necessarily a person that likes to run by myself if i'm running by myself i like to have music well i didn't bring any music with me because i was expecting to you know be with you know a big group and all that and then when i got into the mix of things i was like you know what i'm going to take off on my own for a little bit and um but once they kind of showed back up and it was me um it was me mike don and um nick thompson was there and we all just kind of you know kind of just stepped through it and um that was really what kind of turned me around was just knowing that they were they were going to catch up to me because i was moving horribly slow tortoise pace and um, but I, I just think it was kind of cool that I, I waited long enough to see somebody else talk to the volunteer. And that, that to me just clicked this thing in my head that said, you know what? No, I'm not done with this. I don't care how cold I am. I'm pushing through this. As long as I keep moving, I'll still be good. Cause I have this thing, like I, I, I kind of reason with myself, um, and sometimes it, it can be bad, but like sometimes I'll reason with myself and I'll be like, you know what? If you quit now, you're still going to hurt. You're still going to be cold or whatever. And if you keep going, you're still going to hurt. You're still going to be cold. So which is it? Do you want to quit and have that regret and be cold or be hurt? Or do you want to keep going and be hurt and still be cold, but know that you're accomplishing something? So that that's kind of what kind of what turned me around and got me through that. And now, a word from our sponsors. Like what you hear? Make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon, then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. And we're back. Okay. For me, it's about the metal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you don't finish, you don't get that middle. Well, yeah, that's so, true. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm glad if, that you're very straightforward with it. Oh, it's just about the middle. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not really, but I mean, in this honestly, I guess this weekend in Tahoe, it was. The middle was amazing, and I needed one. I just. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of an achievement. I mean, there's so much buildup about Tahoe, you know, that you, you kind of, it kind of gets into your head. You know, you're, you have all this, um, this hype going into Tahoe and everybody's like, oh man, Tahoe and the elevation and the hills and, the, you know, and then all of a sudden you throw in all that snow and then you're like, oh God. So, but I mean, yeah, that, that one definitely, I could see that one being about the metal. I think that would probably be, um, the motivator for me, we were actually supposed to be down there for Tahoe, um, myself and Don, but we had, okay. um, I had some doing conflicts with work 
And so mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get down there. We weren't able to get down there on the days that we wanted to be because um, we were going right. down for media day as part of um, like their huge media conferencing that they have on the Thursday prior to the weekend race. And I wasn't able to get the time to go down there on that Thursday and get there in time to actually participate in media day. So Don kind of wanted to do the race as well. And was like, well, if we go down there, you know, we can always just do the race. And, and it was like, well, you know, our biggest thing was we wanted to go for media day and, you know, I could, um, I could take these vacation days that I have here and, you know, better use them to spend time with my family. And I wouldn't have to have such a hassle with work trying to get these days off. And so the scheduling yeah. conflict kind of like, it kind of, kind of saved me from having to put myself through all, through all that torment. Um, but the, yeah. um, there's part of me that still really wanted to go and participate in Tahoe, but you know, um, it's, you know, well, there's and always it's a great atmosphere there, but there's, yeah, it's, it, it was, I'm, I'm so happy I did it. It is, this was my first year again. I'm sort of new to this, all this OCR stuff. And I've just sort of, you know, I, I'm not really, I'm not as big into the media. I don't know who everyone is all the time. I don't, you know, I'm, but I do know, you know, that Spartan world championships are a cool thing to be part of, you know, and I've done OCRWC. I've done the NORAM did that last summer. Um, like I've done all these big races, but like the Spartan world championships was, it was unique in that it just, I don't know the atmosphere, the environment was really neat. It is just cool to be part of. And so, yeah, yeah, if you do next year, I would recommend going just, even if you can't make the media day, just being there. Um, I was there, we arrived Friday night and I was racing Sunday with the qualifiers. So I spent Saturday just kind of wandering around looking at the booths and it was just not a party atmosphere. It was like a world-class event kind of atmosphere, which was really neat. Um, I was on my own. I traveled I only travel with my husband and instead of my usual crew, there's a bunch of us that travel together. I have my, who I call my race wife, Genevieve. Hi. (laughs) And my other, my other um, training partner, Richard, and like the three of us have traveled all season together. So it was my first time really being without them in quite a while. So that was really weird to me, but I did connect with some of my beats team people and, you know, I met up with Tony and, Candace and I hang out a bit. So, you know, it, it was cool that way. But the just the whole Tahoe thing, even though even if I wasn't with people I knew, it was just so friendly and just stuff happening all the time. Yeah. And it was really cool. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's if you do awesome. get a chance, yeah, yeah, I I definitely want to go. Um I kinda like to do that as well. Like you said, you flew out on Friday and you didn't race until Sunday and then Saturday you just kinda you know, browsed around in the shops and the, and whatnot, that's taking it all in. is kind of a huge thing for me. Like a lot of the times when, especially if it's like a local race, um, Don and I and Mike will usually drive up the morning of, and, you know, just get in, get our, you know, get our packets and everything. And, and then we just kind of mill about, you know, most of the time, um, at the Spartan events and stuff, we usually, um, not to pat ourselves on the back, but we usually have the biggest team tent. I'm sure you've seen that. Oh yeah, I'm always part of you. I'm there with you guys. I don't know if you've seen, but I'm the I'm the fully lime green person. I have the pants and the shirt, all lime green, every waist. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm there have, with the biggest um, pants. And 
I'm still I'm still fairly new to everyone as far as like the team. I mean, I've been on the oh, team for too. a while, I'm... but I've only really been kind of involved with um, you know this deeply involved with beasts um, for I'd say maybe since April, and so I'm still you know I've I've met some of the you know some of the more um, you know some of the people that stand out a little bit more you know obviously um, Adam. Sure. And, um, you know, I've met like, um, Tony and, um, and then there's, uh, I actually talked a little bit with, um, with, uh, Jonathan Butler, um, a couple days ago and I, I've seen him in a couple of races, but I've never actually talked to him at the race, uh, or any of the races. Um, obviously, you know, I, I hang out with pretty Mike, um, hi Mike. And, um, so like uh, some of the people that like are on there or that are on the team, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've only really just met within the past couple of months. Uh, Lorenzo, um, you know, a lot of these well, guys. I'm the same. Um, I mean, I, I'm new to the whole thing too. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been part of beast for a little bit, but then it's only been since April that I've actually really starting, you know, to engage and be part, you know, um, yeah. Getting to know Tony and Adam and the, main people who are there, but I'm from, I mean, I'm Canadian. We can't go to all the team meetups and events and I'm try. I do the virtual stuff, but it's really hard to beat to anything other than the race, especially <laughs> yeah. when I've had a race. I've had a race every weekend since May. So except for I've had maybe four weeks off since the middle of May. So it's been, it's hard to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, believe me, I get it. I mean, juggling work and family and, um, you know, doing now doing the podcast, um, you know, and then just trying to find, you know, time within all this to do other things. It's, you know, it's kind of a, um, it's kind of a, a feat to juggle all this and, and, you know, and I get it. Um, you know, sometimes it's kind of nice, you know, you just, you sit down and you're like, man, I don't have anything planned for this weekend. It's kind of nice. And then, I find myself getting a little stir crazy, like, what's going on? What can I do? (laughs) I had one weekend off before, um, before Tahoe and I ended up doing a 10 K run. And of course I had to roll my ankle. I've had, so I have my back problems, but I also like, because of my injuries, it took, I mean, it took years to recover and I've gotten to a point where my back is a problem but I can cope. But now I have um, at North American championships last year, I um, hurt my ankle pretty bad um, coming off an obstacle. I jumped and landed on a rock funny and still continued with the race. And then I didn't bother treating it for a little bit and it just became a thing. It took months to recover. And then of course, once that finally healed, I tore, uh, I can't remember, um, actually in a 12 hour hurricane heat at, hour five, I tore ligaments in my ankle, but decided to continue and then decided to run the super. And so that was in August. So yeah, so so I've been in physiotherapy for that ankle and that one's finally healed. And I was just doing a local, just little run training run on my own and went back to roll the other one a week before Tahoe. So I'm always, almost always injured, but for me, it's pushing through it. That has been my thing is, um, and actually that's why I do the hurricane heats. I started was that mental toughness that we talked about earlier, like pushing through things. Yeah. And I've used the, the hurricane heat is what I've used to, 
get myself um, the hurricane is what I've got done to build my mental strength and figure out what I actually can do. And realizing yeah. if I can get through seven hours of a hurricane heat with a torn ligament in my ankle at night in almost freezing, then I can get through, I can pretty much get through anything. And now, a word from our sponsors. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to BeastChallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beast's 5K+, Plus, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast's OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. Yeah, see, and I, I've kind of, you know, and I've, I've mentioned this in other episodes, um, you know, things like ultras and hurricane heats. Um, I, um, I haven't, I haven't really mentally been able to kind of pull the trigger on a hurricane heat. Like, I really want to do it. There's the desire to do it. Um, it really intrigues me. And, you know, on the, you know, on the outside, the mention of, you know, participating in a hurricane heat excites me. And it's like, you know, I really want to do one of these. There's that mental space yeah, in there, you, though, and- like, okay, pull the trigger on this or not. So... Well, the I've done so. I did the four-hour hurricane just to see what I could do. Uh, I did the Red Deer one also because Red Deer Alberta is an excellent Spartan course. It's my favorite course. It's flat, but there are a couple hills. Like it's in a valley, so it's mostly flat course with a few stair climbs, which is unusual, and other things. So I knew that I was a course I was comfortable with. So, and that's the yeah. course that I like. I qualified for. Um, for, not for Tahoe, but to get to the to West Virginia, I didn't end up having to go there. But um, anyway, I love that course, so I signed up for the four-hour hurricane, which was a five-hour hurricane. Uh, somebody was injured near the beginning, which was actually quite hard on us all mentally. Um, she fell off mm-hmm. the top of the cargo net and was injured, and was taken by Johnny to. Sorry, Johnny Wait is the guy from the former Canadian Spartan guy. Now it's all bought out by you, or not bought out, but taken, retaken back by Spartan US. But that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he took her to the hospital, and so we were all we decided to finish to proceed with the hurricane heat because she wanted us to. She told us to, and yeah. so we did. But we were all kind of mentally wow. <laughs> and um, honestly, I feel he the the Kryptea, I feel took it easy on us. But even that, even if it had been a little bit harder, it's all about the team and yeah. getting getting through it. And nobody would let anyone fail. We were all such varying abilities. There were a couple people in there that they couldn't, we had to run, I think, one kilometer at one point as fast as we could, or maybe two. Um, I think, I'd say it was maybe somewhere in between there. But it should have, um, it would have taken a good runner five to six minutes and then a slower runner, you know, eight or nine minutes. And we had people in all of that and it didn't really matter as long as we finished it. The whole thing was getting each other to the end. And so with that, then like, well, I feel he kind of took it easy on us a little bit. I hope he doesn't hear me say that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now I'm going to be punished next one. Oh no. 
Um, <laughs> but because of that, though, I decided to try the 12 hour. I wanted to be pushed just a little bit harder. Um, I didn't, I felt I wasn't really struggling with that four hour. So I wanted to see if I could do the longer one and that it was, it was hard. It, it was I, yeah. at one point we had to stand, we had to stand, we were, we were given the task of going through the sprint course and remembering the obstacle order. And we had to know the obstacles in order. And that's what they told us our task was. But if you know, people who've done hurricane heats know that often what you're told you're doing isn't what you're actually doing. And so we got halfway through and said, okay, drop your bags, stop. Uh, you have buffs on you, use them as a blindfold. I gave you earplugs earlier, put them in. You're going to stand here. You're going to raise your hand when it's been an hour. And we had to stand there blindfolded earplug for an hour. So Ooh. going back to my injuries, I have a disc, I have two disc herniations in my back that one of which uh, causes my legs and my feet to go numb and it can cause shooting nerve pain down my leg. I have a standing tolerance of maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so at one point I sat down, they hadn't actually said we couldn't sit down. So I did. Nope. They came over, pulled me up off the ground, whisper, uh, pulled one of your plug out and said, don't do that again. Or everyone's getting all the burpees <laughs> and, <laughs> and put the earplug back in and okay. All right. I am standing here. Um, it's also, it was in Calgary in August, which you think would be warm. I did not go prepared because I looked at the forecast. <laughs> it was supposed to be quite nice and warm. I looked. And uh, it turned out it was raining. And so again, being Canadian, I know Celsius is about 10 Celsius. So I'm thinking that's in the low, high 50s, low 60s, maybe somewhere in there. And yeah, we're just standing in one spot in that. And I am not really dressed for that. So I just stand there shivering, crying for an hour, um, thinking about quitting, just wanting to quit the entire time saying, why am I here? Why am I standing here shivering with my back hurt? I could tell them my back hurts. And, but then what would that do? That would probably give everyone else burpees. So I stuck it out and yeah, I just stood there as much as it was awful and I was crying, but I did it. And then we continued on with our next task. And it's remembering that is what gets me now. That's what gets me through any race is that that was probably the hardest and darkest I've ever been. Even though it wasn't to somebody else, that's not a big thing. You know, standing for an hour, wow, big deal. You know, a lot of people stand for an hour in their jobs. But with yeah. my back, I can't do that. And with the cold, it was the cold. You know, oh, that, yeah. that's you where it was about it. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say it was about the same temperature as that Seattle Super. It's actually, when you look at it, it was probably about the same because it was middle of the night. So, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I think you know a lot of a lot of factors really kind of play into it. You know, and, and um, when I think about things like that, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that play into how you approach certain obstacles. And like you said, you know, it's not really a big deal for some people to stand for an hour. Um, you know, but not everybody's the same. You know, there it's. Um, you know, people struggle with different areas. You know, I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. for one, am not big on upper body strength. Lower body strength, oh, yeah, I could go all day long. But, you know, mm-hmm. upper body strength, no. So if we get into an obstacle where, you know, or something like that where it's like, you know, upper body, yeah, I'm going to need help. 
um, you know, getting across this obstacle or, or getting past it, um, you know, and to me, I think that's relative when it comes to, you know, like, like you said, you couldn't, um, couldn't stand there for maybe more than 15 minutes before you had to sit down. And I think, you know, a lot of that is relative, um, to one another. You, You can't necessarily say, Oh, it's just standing there for an hour. Like who can't do that? You know, um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of factors from, you know, like your past would, would really play into that as far as like, you know, your injury is concerned. I had, I've got a previous injury, um, a broken ankle from 2006 that, um, you know, from time to time that, that really, uh, especially in the cold, that one really gets to me. So there's, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I really don't want to put even barely any weight on it. Um, just because mm-hmm. it, it aches so much, but you know, like you said, you get to a point to where mentally you're pushing through this and, um, you know, like, like I said, it's, it's going to hurt either way. So, you know, do you, you know, do you just push through it and, you know, feel the accomplishment, um, and, you know, you, you get to pat yourself on the back and and be proud of it and, and look back on it and go, okay, Hey, I survived that. I can, I can move forward with other things and it's not going to be as tough now. Um, exactly. And, uh, and like I, saw, I spoke to yeah. some of my teammates on that and they, like for me, the standing just, and it actually real, I realized some of my back is a psychological thing. Um, it's not entirely obviously cause it's like, you know, medically verified it's there, but some of it I can push harder than I think I can. But my teammates during that, some of them, the being blindfolded was the hardest thing for them. The not being able to see for an hour, you know, that was really some people found that really distressing and disturbing, you know, not yeah. knowing what was going on around them, not knowing what's happening. So you couldn't hear or see anything. We didn't, it's basically, we knew the other people were around, but it, we couldn't verify it. Yeah. So, and like everybody, everybody finds different things difficult. And, you yeah. know, earlier, you earlier that day, we had... Well, and, well, earlier we had had to carry, like we had to through the whole thing. We had our packs with our 20 pounds. Women had 20 pounds of weight. Men had 30 pounds. We had to, for six hours, carry a 40-pound sandbag in addition to that up and down hills. And that was tough, but it's harder for some people than others. And for me, that was yeah. tough, but the standing was worse. I'd yeah. rather, you know, everybody, it's all perception. And that's what I'm learning is that... Anything during a race that you feel you can or can't do, it's about your perception of it. And how do you get yourself through that? How do you push yourself and motivate yourself through that? The same with any injury. Okay, things are really rough now. How do you get yourself through the recovery part? How do you push forward when you really don't have the motivation or something's missing? how, How do you get forward? And I use that, again, working rehabilitation. That's something I now have started using more with my clients. What is going to get them through it? Because everybody is so different in that. For me, it's a memory of, okay, I did this and I can do this again. For them, it's okay, maybe you haven't done this before, but what is something that was hard for you? What is something that is going to make you want to move forward? And everyone's so different about it. Yeah. Um, So kind of in talking about that, what what were some of the areas in like uh what were some of the things in tahoe that you kind of like what 
how about this? Let me rephrase this. What were, there's two separate questions, I guess, really. Like what, what was your favorite portion of Tahoe? Like what was your favorite part of the whole experience? Um, and kind of another one was, was like, what were some of the points in Tahoe where you really had to push yourself and you really had to kind of dig back into that, that memory bank there and, and be like, you know, I got to push through this. Um, there's a lot of that. Um, the first <laughs> was it, it took, I, it actually, I, so one thing is I've raised a lot this season. So Tahoe was my fifth trifecta, but I haven't for this year that I haven't just done. I've also done some tough mutters. I've done some mud hero. I've done rugged maniac. I've done a lot of races. So it isn't just the 15 that make my trifecta. Uh, it's actually my, yeah. that was my 16th Spartan this season, but I've also done a lot of other ones. So I have pulled on all of those races. So like, okay, at the beginning of Tahoe, we had a climb. We had to go to the top of the mountain. So I remembered that in, I went to Owl's Head, which is the Montreal trifecta weekend. Um, end of June, it was from June 20, 20th, 29th, 30th. That Beast, the beast was 7,200 feet of elevation gain. We had seven peaks to get up. I, there is never, even everyone complains about Kimberly and those races. This was actually worse. <laughs> it was huh. about a thousand feet more, apparently, or maybe not, maybe only 400, but it was more. And that, the fact that I got through 7,200 feet, I said, okay, I've looked at the course map. They they said we only had 4,300 feet. It worked out to around 5,000 feet. But anyway, still less. I was like, okay, I can do this because Owl's Head was worse. So I know I can make it to this peak. I know I can do this. So that was my first one. Okay, I've done this. Even if I'm not in my best shape, back at that point, my ankles were fine. This Okay, I hurt my ankle. It's all right. I can still, I'm walking uphill. I'm not going to run this. I'm just going to make it and get up there and I know I can do it. Um, and then the next part that was hard for me was the swim as for everybody. I'm sure that was, that's a big point of contention right now is whether or not, whether or not we should have been allowed to do it because it was below freezing. It was 28 plus wind chill. And, you know, there's all these arguments going on of whether or not we should have been allowed. I'm kind of on the fence about it. Um, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other, but maybe it wasn't the safest thing. But I was like, yeah. I, I was going to go. Uh, I'm like, I'm here. I'm not, you know, they had said to us, it's mandatory. If you don't do it, you're disqualified. Afterwards, I heard volunteers were telling people they didn't have to. And I told, like, other people told me they hadn't done it. Well, you know, I'm running back down, shivering, teeth chattering, barely coherent. They're like, oh, I'm so glad I, looking at me, they say, I'm so glad I didn't do this. I'm like, oh. great. I'm in that rough shape. <laughs> but but um, I, I, was like, well, I'm finishing this. If I'm here, I'm already at the top. I was already shivering before I went. I'm like, well, I'm just going to continue shivering. And I was prepared. I had brought a dry shirt in a Ziploc bag. Uh, I had a windbreaker. I, I had some hand and foot warmers. So I learned after they weren't working. <laughs> so, But I thought I was prepared. So I said, and, and another thing about me is I do have a phobia of cold water since I was a child. I was on a swim team when I was a kid, unheated outdoor pool when I was six, no body fat, a lot of hypothermia. So I've had a phobia ever since then. And so I walk up to it and I'm shivering and I'm crying. I'm actually sobbing 
apparently I was sobbing loudly enough that a volunteer was concerned. So she pulls me over, gives me a hug and says, okay, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of water? Oh no, I'm actually a really strong swimmer. Then why are you crying? You can do this. Like, well, I have asthma and every time I get in cold water, my lungs, my lungs close up and I can't breathe. So, okay. Well, do you have an inhaler? Because, you know, we don't want you to have to go to medical. Do you have anything? I'm like, yes. Like, okay, why don't you take your inhaler now? It'll make you pause, take a deep breath. So I did. I took my inhaler. They're like, okay, you can do this. Just go for it. When you get out, get, like, you have stuff. I, I talked to them about what I had. They said, you can do this. So it was basically a, a volunteer is the only reason I actually did it. And now a word from our sponsors. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back. And so I did that. Um, I struggled after I couldn't breathe at all through. Again, my I was right about my asthma and I just couldn't breathe even a little bit during the thing and after my hands, um, my hands stopped working. They were completely numb. My legs, everything was numb. And I had trouble getting dressed. Another racer helped me get my jacket, helped me get my jacket on and pull my shirt down because I couldn't. And so it was all, that was about, other people were trying to win here, but they still saw I was not really doing great and paused to help me. And that was the next thing that got me through was that atmosphere, the, this is a world championship. This is the Sunday. You had to qualify to get here. You, you know, people are, you're trying to win this. They still took the time to help somebody who was you know, struggling a bit. And I, that yeah. was really cool to me, even throughout. Like, so after I started, I started running, I'm like, okay, I need to not stay here too long. I couldn't get my jacket, my jacket zipper, my windbreaker zipper stopped working. My hands, mostly because my hands weren't working. And I just, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I have to get moving though. So I start running with my jacket blowing behind me like a cape. I'm like, hey, I'm super me, super Mel. <laughs> and running down the hill <laughs> and um, a couple of people stopped me. Like they saw like the jacket showing behind me. I'm kind of limping by that point because my back had flared up a bit. My foot, my foot was complete. My one leg was completely numb. So I'm trying to run downhill without yeah. being able to feel my feet, which I look a little odd. You can imagine somebody just kind of flailing down with a jacket flailing, going behind. And the girl said, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> like, no, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> so, on I go and I get down to, I think it was the seven foot wall. Um, by that point, my teeth are chattering. I'm not super coherent actually. I, I couldn't talk by that point. Um, yeah, I was shaking uncontrollably. Couldn't really talk. My husband had hiked up the hill, uh, just trying to figure out where I was. You know, he had seen from the timing chips yeah. where I was and he's a hiker. So he actually, it was, pretty near the top he had hiked all the way up and he was there at the seven foot wall yeah. and he sees me he's like uh what you okay <laughs> you know um yeah. and i couldn't really speak so yeah we got my jacket working and so i did get a little help i guess because i got he got fixed my zipper and he's like okay go and he starts he cheers me on he cheers there's a lot of other freezing people coming down he then there's another girl who appears to be in worse shape than me like really not coherent he helps her you know starts talking to her calming her down a bit he was and after that i i got over the seven foot wall despite some cramping continue on we get the eight foot wall 
I go. My I'm still really not super coherent, but I'm better. But my hands are mm-hmm. locked into a fist, and I couldn't open them. So I had to run up to the wall. I was running, holding my hands open, and uh, opened it right before I got to the wall because they would clamp shut, and then used it to grab. When it clamped, it would grab the top. Huh. And I'm I was wearing leg mitts. It's not like I was barehanded. I did have leg mitts, but it was so cold out there. Um, they were kind of frozen. And so no. I grabbed the wall, but I bounced off and then fell on, off from the top of the eight foot wall and landed on my back and winded myself. So, uh, actually, so I always say I run on maple syrup power. Actually, and that is really, <laughs> I will say maple syrup is what got me through the race. I have packet, I carry packets of maple syrup on me. And that is honestly what gets me through the race from around the seven foot wall. I took, I had a packet of maple syrup and, but and within about 10 minutes, it kicked in and I was okay again. I run on maple bar, but sadly, when I fell off the eight foot wall, I burst one of my packets of maple syrup. Oh, so all of my thing, all of my belongings are all sticky. Everything, my whole pack is sticky now. That's but, probably the most Canadian thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like, this is awesome. Like, I've, I've seriously, <laughs> I've never heard anything more Canadian in my life. I mean, like, a couple weeks ago, it was like a week, a week ago, maybe we were running the Tough Mudder with, um, with uh, Charity with and Ryan. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And Ryan, Ryan goes into this whole, like, just stereotypical Canadian accent. <laughs> and it just, it wasn't, that's not even as Canadian as running on maple syrup. <laughs> like, that's, that's and I have every awesome. race now. It has, and I, I buy the kind that has a little bit of salt added just for the electrolytes. And since I added maple syrup to my race, uh, I take, a, I have maple syrup every 45 minutes, sometimes half hour. Again, in, in um, Al's had the steeper ones every half hour and a less steep every 45 minutes. You're fine. It has everything you need for, because it is a natural sugar, so it has everything you need to yeah. make it to a race. So that, and I have these um, Pop Rocks things that are, uh, I can't remember the brand now, Progenics. They're, they're uh, cayenne pepper, uh, Pop Rocks. You use those for cramping and maple syrup for energy. So, yeah, hmm. it's it's great. But awesome. that's how I, yeah, that actually got me through. But so in those dark moments during Tahoe, maple syrup, my husband hiking up and yeah, that, that was, and then remembering some of the things I've been through already, that that's what got me through it. Um, and I, I honestly, I probably should have been pulled medically. Um, I, I wasn't, again, I couldn't really talk. I couldn't stop shaking. I wasn't really making a lot of sense. Um, this is what my husband tells me. I thought I made sense, but apparently I didn't. Um, <laughs> but that got me through. <laughs> and I had a couple of wins. I actually had some, there's there's a few things I failed during the race that really got to me that there's no, like I failed the monkey boats because my hands were too cold. I got to the end and just missed the last two. And I don't know why I don't miss, you know, that's not something I typically miss. But in this one, it just, yeah. I was cold. I've had moments this season that I've made dumb mistakes. But I got Olympus, which is Olympus is my favorite obstacle. I love Olympus so much. And they had changed it up, though. They made the background more slippery. So a lot of people were feeling it, but I made it through. So that kind of gave me a motivation. And then the box, a lot of people struggle with that. And at the time that I got to it, yeah, everyone was doing burpees. And it took me, 
took me a lot of tries and I was cramping um, again from the cold. It was at the bottom after all of the swim and I, my calves were cramping a bit, but I, I made it up that and that actually motivated me a lot. It's like finding those small wins. That's another big one is, you know, you're feeling things that you really should like feeling monkey bars, feeling rig. Yeah. I do ninja training. I shouldn't feel anything grip, but I, I still do here and there. It's still not my strong suit, but and it, but it gets to me. And so I have to really focus on, okay, well, but I got through Olympus when a lot of people didn't. I got through the box yeah. when a lot of people didn't. There's a lot of things. And um, the new, the Spartan, uh, the cargo 2.0 that with the platform and then the vertical cargo yeah. net, the platform, that was near the end. I was, I, I had no energy left. I couldn't, normally I can go jump, get my forearms on and then push up from there using my lats and then my triceps, I do a push up basically. But I had nothing left there. And I was like, well, I've seen people try this whole pullover thing. You know, you grab the top and you flip over, get your legs up over. I was like, I might as well try it because I'm not going to get it the way I normally do. There's no way. I tried it and I actually got it. I, I don't know how. Oh, wow. Well, I was a gymnast years and years, like 20 years ago, I was a gymnast. Oh, geez, looking back, it's actually more like 25. Wow, I'm old. Um, but, I, I, but I did it anyway. I used, I pulled on my 25 years ago gymnastics abilities and did the pullover to get onto that platform and made it over. And again, other people kept trying and using their energy and yeah. So it was those little wins and then not, and I'm, but I do struggle with the dumb failures that I have. I do struggle with letting, not letting them get to me. That is something I'm working on too, but I have to, I'm drawing on, well, for this weekend, I'm drawing on, Looking at the numbers, it looks about one in five or one in six people didn't finish. So I don't know the exact numbers, but that's about where we are. It might be even more people didn't finish, but approximately in my age group, it was one in five or six didn't finish. So, and I didn't. And so, and you take into consideration that maybe even some of those people are some of the people that didn't have to do the swim. You know? Yeah. So then yeah. you you kind of look at that and you're like, well, wow, you know, I did the swim and I toughed through it and I still finished. And then there were some people that probably didn't do the swim and didn't finish. So, I mean, that's, like you said, that's a huge push and, and motivation just in itself too. Yeah. And it was, and there's actually, I know people who didn't um, continue past the double sandbag. Some people didn't finish that. So, I mean, or got disqualified in that or whatever it was. Um, At the top, the mountain was cold at the top. I was already, before the swim, I was already cold. Because they had closed ape hanger and the dunk wall. So instead of ape hanger, we had to do a crawl. But it was a crawl through snow. So my legs were already numb and cold. That's why I was shivering going into the swim. And so other people were facing that too. You know, we we were all struggling. It was snowing up there. It was snowing on us. So we're all struggling with that cold. So, yeah. And it, for me, it was, okay, I got past the super cold point to get through it. I kept saying, okay, as soon as I get to the bottom, it'll be warmer at the base. It'll be warmer at the base. And it was. And that pushed me through that. And then once I got past that, I'm like, well, okay, I've made it past the worst. So from now on, no matter what happens, I can finish this. I'm mostly yeah. dry now. I'm I'm shivering, but... 
I'm, I can talk. I, was, I started chatting with people around me to make sure I could still talk. I'm always chatty as it is during a race. I always chat with everyone around me. But you know, when I'm trying to get through something, that actually, that is one of my strategies too, is just start talking with anybody I see and get them, you know, get, figure out, find out where they are. It motivates me to help people. And so that, I mean, I know there's all the talk about the Tough Mudder, how it's different. The Tough Mudder community is a team and Spartans more individual, but even racing age group and individual, um, like because in age in age group you do have to compete as an individual. Even in that, there are people around you. I've made friends this season in the various races that where our paces are pretty similar, so we end up basically racing together and not help not physically helping each other, but talking each other through things. So it's not like we're giving yeah. each other boosts physically, but we're giving you the, those emotional boosts. And that, that's what I see out there. And that's, that's really why I'm in OCR is that camaraderie, those people, even when you're racing in an individual sport, you're racing alone, you're not technically racing as a team, but you really are because everyone's out there for the same purpose and everyone wants to finish and you want everyone to finish. I mean, while you exactly. do in age group, you want to beat people, you want them to all finish so that you can beat more of them. <laughs> you want them to get through it. You just want to do it before they do. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah. speaking a little bit about like the community and stuff, um, that mm-hmm. was a huge, that's always a huge thing for us, especially, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard this on numerous episodes before. We talk about community a lot and that's, that's yeah. the biggest motivator for me is the community. Like it, it makes me, want to do this so much more than I actually have time for just because there is so much uplifting um, amongst each other that, you know, you, you get this really big positive boost out of it. And it's like, you just, you want to keep going with it no matter how much the race or the, the circumstances suck during the race, you know, there's always that element of, you know, community around you. And it doesn't matter if you know the person or if you don't know the person, there's going to be somebody that you can talk to, even if it's just something as simple as like talking about tacos. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it is. the community that you have is, uh, is awesome. And that's why I'm, uh, that's, that is what I'm pushing for. And in Canada, well, Vancouver, now, in the East, they have a bit better community, but Vancouver doesn't as much. And we've kind of lost that a little yeah. bit. There used to be an okay, there used to be a group of us, but we've kind of, everything's kind of drifted apart and kind of faded a little bit. And while a lot of us still, you know, we all see each other at races. And I mean, Charity, Ryan and Troy are some of my close, very close friends. You know, we, we socialize, you know, outside of OCR where, you know, <laughs> there was a time summer that we ate at least two meals a week together. But, you know, and that, but I met them just at races. But it, other than that, it is a little limited right now. And that is something I'm trying to push for is to get, at least in Vancouver, more of that community back, that sense of belonging to something yep. and being part of something and helping each other. That is really what pushed me into this. Uh, I had a lot of friends move away around the same period of time. And I was kind of on my own. And I had gone to a race. I met I met somebody, a girl from... Um, she was wearing a Canadian Mud Queen shirt. And I said, oh, what's that? And we started talking. I became part of them. That brought me into Van City OCR, which became Grit Farm. And, you know, it, it really, 
it was just being part of something and having someone, oh, I'm going for a run. Does anybody want to join me? No, that that yeah. feeling is what why I got into this. And yeah, I really, I do feel it's lacking a little right now, at least in our region. I know the beasts are, that's why I've been trying to push a little more, you know, I've been traveling a little more really to be around beasts a bit more um, because you, there is that huge sense of community. And I have really connected with a few of the other beasts and become, you know, become fairly close with a few just because, you know, that attitude, that, that camaraderie, that help each other out, and even if you're not necessarily running together, you're there to help each other. And, you know, actually it was the coolest feeling. Um, in Whistler, I was running, I was running, it was my first race as an elite. I just wanted to see how I do. Didn't do awesome, but I wasn't last. <laughs> I, yeah. But at every, quite often, I think it was about six times during the sprint alone, I had someone yell out, go beast. And, you know, or, and I was wearing my jersey that had said Mel, my, I have my beast jersey and I was wearing my beast jersey and my beast pants, I think. And it, I have in my jersey just says, says Mel or Mel Joyle on it. And I heard go beast Mel. And I'm like, yes, that's what I yell. I always, you know, I'll yell out when it's something that's really hard. I'm like, okay, I gotta go into beast Mel mode. And so I'm like, go beast Mel. And people were yelling that on the race. So, you know, it was being recognized as it as a beast and just honestly that really helped push me i ran just a little faster when someone's like yeah beast and yeah it, it it's that that little push that just being part of that recognition of that you're part of a team that you're part of a group really actually was huge for me and i lo- yeah. i really enjoy that yeah that's the so. i think that's hands down probably the biggest thing i love about being in these, you know, just doing these races, it's for me, it's, yeah, I think races are, are secondary to the community. I think in importance, um, sure. I like doing the races, but I really enjoy getting to meet newer people and, you know, meeting, um, you know, some of the people that I, you know, potentially interview or, um, or even just get to talk to on a normal, you know, face-to-face basis. Um, you know, those are all things that I'm really excited about. And I think the the race just kind of takes a backseat to that. So. I completely agree. It's, yeah, it's that community. And so I am hoping to, I have been pushing, trying to get other people to join Beast, like people in Vancouver, getting them to try. I've been pushing people to try OCR. Um, I'm part of, I do train at a ninja facility and I have got a number of the people there out for races to try it out. And they're not, you know, they, some of them struggled. They, you know, they do the ninja thing, but getting out in the cold and running isn't quite the same as being in a controlled, which is why I still struggle with the grip obstacles is that it's in a controlled indoor environment. I can do a lot of different grip things, but once you get out and they found that too, but I'm slowly getting them into the OCR community and trying to get other just random people. I meet people out running people out. Actually, there's a, a guy that I met at a brewery uh, my friends own a brewery in uh, Port Coquitlam, which is where I live. And he did the Whistler, he did Seattle and Whistler Spartan races. And, you know, we've now started doing a couple of runs where he and I are working together to bring more people in to try Spartans and to train. We're, I, I actually have an Olympus wall, a six to eight foot wall, a tire flip and a spear throw in my backyard that my husband built for me. 
And so I was like, well, come over, oh, wow. try Olympus, try a wall. And I'm getting people to try it out. And I'm hoping, you know, that they'll come and they'll join Beast. They'll be part of the group. You know, I'm trying to get more Canadians involved in this. Get them, you know, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's a U.S. thing, but Canadians will take over. Well, <laughs> we run on maple <laughs> joint power. So. Yeah, I, um, I actually yeah. ran into uh, a guy that had come down from Vancouver um, for the Seattle Beast, and I can't remember his last name to save my life, but his first name was John. And I was talking with John after the race. I just sat down to have some barbecue because I was just spent at that point. And I was like, look, I got to have something to eat. So I sat down by myself and this, this guy comes up and he says, Hey, do you mind if I sit here with you? And I said, no, I, I don't care. Sure. Go ahead. And we just, we started talking and found out that he was from Vancouver and that he had, um, he had um, done quite a few uh, races before um, his, I guess his son had got, got him into it. Um, but he was just kind of doing it by himself at this point. Um, and he absolutely loved it. And, you know, I introduced him, um, not really necessarily to the team because a lot of the team had already, um, mm. like some of them, most of them had kind of taken off after the race cause they finished way earlier than I did. Um, and then, um, then you've got some of the ones that had been preparing for the hurricane heat that night. So they were off kind of doing their own thing. And so I, you know, and I told them a little bit about the beast and I said, yeah, you know, if you're, if you're interested in all this, then, you know, it'd be great, you know, if you wanted to join the team or whatever. And, and, um, you know, that would be, that would be really cool. You know, just trying to kind of extend, you know, a warm welcome, you know, from our group to just people Mm -hmm. that don't know, um, about OCR in general. Um, you know, and he had kind of known about OCR a little bit, um, prior to his son getting him into races and, um, but then he um, just decided, you know what, I I like doing this by myself. I mean, even just by myself, it didn't have to be um, exclusively by himself, but he really enjoyed it so much that he was doing it kind of on his own. And so I was like, you know, that that's great. You know, we've got, if you really want to meet other people, um, you know, you don't have to, but if you want to like even just check us out on Facebook um, or, you know, any of your any of your other, um, like if you know, check out the website or our podcast or whatever. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'd, absolutely, I love it. And you know, and I'm like, great, you know, that's that's even more. So I, I feel like I've contributed just a tiny bit to the Canadian invasion. Yeah, well, exactly. We're, we're hoping to get more. And I mean, my buddy Troy, um, he's, uh, he's a really close friend of Charity and Ryan, um, Troy Geisrecht. He's His whole thing is believe better is possible. And he, he can't always run the races but because of his own health concerns, but he's always out there promoting it, and especially in like Whistler. He was out there in Whistler, you know, trying to get people to join and to be, he's, and become part of Beasts and, you know, you know, just getting, trying to get people out there and basically expand our community, expand, make, help Vancouver and Canada take over or at least be a large part of it. So, and that, he's always been an inspiration to me too, but it's, it's, and especially in that he believes so much in this and wants to even just one, if he can get one person into a race, like to try a race out, he'll reach his goal. You know, he, a lot yeah, of exactly. it, it's, it's, it, 
just takes one person or a few, well, a few of us. We just, you know, I tell somebody, they tell somebody. We are, we're going to keep expanding. It's that web effect. And seeing somebody like Troy, who does have a number of health concerns, he can, he, he, if he, he tells people that, well, I do this, so why don't you try it? It may take me eight hours to complete a Spartan Beast, but I'm going to complete it. It may take me five hours to do the Tough Mudder, but I'm going to do the Tough Mudder. Doesn't matter how long it takes me. I'm going to do it, and that yeah. is what's getting people out there too. With that saying, well, if I can do it, you can. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you know, and that's that's a lot of it. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that I work with that are like, you know, I don't. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, they're like, I don't, I don't know how you get out and do that all the time. Like it just looks so grueling, and I'm like, honestly, it's not as bad as it looks. Like it, it just looks horrible, yeah. but. It's so much fun. But it's and, fun. You know, it's fun. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think, you know, I've I've managed to get a couple of people uh, interested in it. Um, I was just approached by one of my other coworkers. Um, I never even would have thought that she would be interested in, you know, any type of OCR event. And when she saw pictures um, from the this past Tough Mudder where Don and I and Mike ran with Charity and Ryan and Nick, um, she was like, you know what? I want to do one. Like I've been thinking about it for a while and then I, I just really want to do one. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, the next time you guys get together and do like a short one or just like a, you know, a mid-sized one, you know, I would, I would really like to go. And I'm like, you got it. Let's do it. You know? Um, and so even just, you know, even just talking with people around work about it, it's made it. It's gotten a couple of people interested in it. So, I really, I really like you know being able to introduce it to to other people. And like you said, you know, if if I can do it, you know, especially if if you've got some sort of, um, you know, if you're if you're struggling with something and you you don't think that you can do it and you still do it, that's that's motivation for other people. And you know, I tell people all the time, if I can do it, trust me, you can do it. And, and, you know, and it seems to, it seems to work. Well, exactly. I mean, and I guess for me, I try to get people to understand that they can do it, but I have, I'm not the best person. I mean, yeah, I've come back from a lot of injuries, but I'm, I have always been sort of sporty. I was a gymnast. I coached gymnastics. I mean, my, my name is Melissa. I go by Mel and my last name used to start with a C. So I was Mel C. My nickname was always Sporty Spice. So, I'm not the best, you know, to say that, you know, you could be completely unathletic and do this. Um, but I went from, you know, barely able to walk to being able to run a kilometer to being able to run five and then to doing this. It wasn't an instant thing, but I could have, but I'm looking back no matter where I was, you know, you can try a, sp- a sprint or try that Tough Mudder 5K, try a Rugged Maniac, try a done Mud Hero. I made my friend try that for the first time. You know, you can walk through it. Even if you're struggling, do it with a friend, do it in open, get help. You, you, you can push through it no matter where you are. Yeah. And that's the message I try to get out to people. And that and the teamwork, like, I mean, we're, a lot of us deal with mental health challenges. And so that's another big thing I deal with my clients and, you know, and I I deal with anxiety myself and 
that exercise and getting out and being having a purpose is big and that it's huge. You know, you need a purpose, you need a yeah. goal and getting out for a race is a great one. Yeah, it's definitely a, a therapeutic thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so cool. Well, before we conclude, um, is there any uh, shout outs or any promotions you want to, you want to yell, uh, yell out there? Um, I to yeah, I guess Momentum Ninja, my people getting me doing rigs, and to well to Troy for being actually Troy for being a huge motivator and being that you know believe better is possible because I do, and uh, largely because of him. Um, and I guess I guess that's really into my yeah. I, I find everyone so supportive around me, so I do always want to thank everyone all of my friends and family around me for helping me get to Tahoe. Like qualifying for Tahoe was hard and it took, a, it was a lot on me and my family and my, you know, for me being away for the races and pushing yeah. so hard and training so hard this season to get there. That was, it has been my goal. And so my family's helped me really get that, get to that. My mom fly, like has flown to races to meet up with me to be, but she like my pit crew and, you know, in one race at a Canadian championship race, uh, it was a beat that owls had beast that was awful at the any of the points coming down the hill. She had gathered right before I had to go back up. She gathered everyone she could find around her and got them to chant my name. And those little things like that That's have awesome. been really helpful. So I do want to thank my mom for that. So yeah, and my husband awesome. for hiking up Tahoe <laughs> <laughs> and fixing the zipper. Exactly. Without that, I actually probably would have been taken out. So, yeah. Cool. Well, Melissa, Mel, or Mel C, Sporty Spice, whatever one you <laughs> want to go by. Um, <laughs> um, it has definitely been a pleasure. Um, thank you for, for being on this episode of Beastman. Um, I look yeah. forward to uh, actually meeting in real life at one of these races. Um well, it'll probably end up being well, next I'm year. I'm always there. Kind of pretty much done, so, um, well, at least it's my, my oh, race calendar is pretty much done for this year. So, well, I've got a lot of things going on. Um, trying, you know, I'm trying to find um, a new job. Just I kind of want a job change. Um, and then um, my wife is actually pregnant with our second child, so oh, I'm kind of taking some time off. That. So, well, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, taking time for family and whatnot and really just kind of, uh, you know, focusing on the more important things for now. And then, um, you know, once I'm sure once I get my, you know, get a new schedule figured out, um, then I'll be, you know, right back into the racing. Um, and then, you know, that doesn't, it's obviously not going to stop me from getting out and volunteering. So I'll be volunteering at, at races as well. Um, I might not actually be racing some of them, but you know, volunteering is always fun. So, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, I do see you out there. I, I have one more trifecta left. I mean, I don't. I'm only ra- have three more races, maybe four. Versus, you know, I had um, in September, I did eight. At one point, I did seven races in 16 days. So, um, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore this month. So I only have three left. I only have one trifecta left this year so well yeah. awesome I'm technically on well, vacation I... <laughs> well enjoy your vacation while it lasts and then uh you know 
good luck on your future races. Um, I will definitely be watching um, from, you know, from Facebook and, and all the posts and all that kind of stuff through Beast uh, OCR. Um, you know, have yeah. fun with it. And, you know, we'll uh, hopefully get to meet one of these days in, in real life. And, you know, until then, you know, like I said, thanks again. It was a pleasure. And uh, have yeah, a great thanks night. Thanks for having me. It's been great. You too. Good night. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at beastocr.com.